Welcome to Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Razorback Dave. Today on the show, Coach Lowell Whiteman, my buddy from Denver, Colorado. We're going to talk about name, image, and likeness. We're going to preview the MNFL season a little bit, maybe as on a general basis. Some college games coming up this weekend. It's here. And I got a couple other things that are kind of irritating. <laughs> we'll get to those soon. Welcome in. All right, I'm going to bring to the microphones now. Welcome in to the second episode, episode two. We're going to stop counting after today, I think. Maybe next week it's just going to be welcome to the latest episode. At any rate, today I got the pleasure of bringing on my buddy from Denver, Colorado, Dr. Lowell Whiteman. We call him Coach 360 Mindset. Is is this the title of your, of your book, Driving Desire for Excellence Toward Defined Outcomes, or is that your mantra? Or That's the, the byline. It's, it's Coach Me Up. It's Coach Me Up. Is that the name of the book? Yep. Name of the book. Coach is it out up. yet? It should be out. Um, it's, it's, you can pre-order on, on Apple, not, sorry, not on Apple, on Amazon, mm-hmm. but uh, release date has not been officially slotted yet. And you've already got one autographed and set aside for me, correct? Oh, I, pff, hell yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming it's, on this morning. I know it was last I'm, minute. I'm so grateful for the opportunity because as you, as you and I talked, there's so much stuff going on. Oh, I mean, no. it's like the doors have been flung wide open. Yeah, and I want to get right into it with this name, image, and likeness thing that's going on with the NCAA. I think overall it's probably a good thing. I think there's always going to be – I think it's going to go a little bit away to leveling the playing field maybe with talent. Uh, I think it. I don't think it will be as effective as I felt like the transfer portal is. I think the transfer portal was more of a – leveling factor than say maybe this is going to be this is for the athletes the transfer portal was as much for the schools it was as it was for anything else but what 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 are your overall time i mean not nobody's really had that long i think the ncaa date on the rule is june 30th 2021 so we well, haven't really had a long time to digest it but what, what are your what, <laughs> and it's not an official rule it's it's their opinion <laughs> at this time is it, is it, it here's what we're going to let you do well, and they keep they keep playing it off to the the, the Congress uh, to vote on it and set national guidelines uh, on the NIL. You know, the name, image, and likeness is what NIL stands for. So if you see NIL in conjunction with the NCAA and athletes, that's what NIL stands for, uh, name, image, and likeness. Um, and they made a determination on uh, June 30th, went into effect the next day on July 1st, the NCAA did. Um, there is a, a website that I can give everybody about. If you're, if you're a mom or a dad or an athlete that wants to know exactly what my pathway is, you can go to ncaa.org bas- backslash about another backslash taking hyphen action. So what's, it's what's NCAA. This? I'm going to, it's on your screen right now. There you go. NCAA.org backslash about about backslash taking action that that's where athletes and moms and dads can go to take a look at what the NCAA is saying in their, their temporary ruling. (laughs) And there's, you know, and I went back as Dave and I, we talked off air back in October of 2020, the rule was totally different. It didn't accompany, it didn't across over everybody as far as divisions. It was division one only and focused on basketball and football because those are major sports thinking that, well, why, why would anybody gain any kind of income increase? 
as an athlete, if you weren't in a division one major sport, well, that, that has its own set of problems. If you let that stand, fortunately for them, they did not. So the ruling on July the 1st is for all three divisions, one through three, uh, it's for all sports. Um, and now with that, the press has started to just throw out all kinds of stats. For example, the, the public at large, the surveys say, according to um, uh, uh, Forbes magazine, uh, they say that 62% of adults believe that athletes should be allowed to cash in on their name, image, and likeness, 62%. And that um, <laughs> only 1% difference, that you should be able to project your image, name, and likeness into video games, 61% said they support that. Uh, to make money. Now, the reality is, who knows what the reality is, you know, about what, how much money you'll make. Uh, there are some uh, softball players, two sisters that play for San Diego State, have one huge, huge social media following. So I guess if you're still in college, and you have a, a social media platform, and you consider yourself an influencer, you could monetize that. To what level? Everybody's guessing. <laughs> the minimum is $1,000, the high is a million. Pretty big bracket. <laughs> for for trying to figure out how much you might make but i think the good thing is without too much uh joking around about it is it gives athletes a chance to not be taken advantage of and and give themselves an opportunity to uh if they're successful as a as a college athlete to leverage that that image name and uh likeness uh to as far as they can because there's no guarantees two percent of all college athletes make it onto the pros regardless of the sport the biggest opportunity that's being promoted by marketeers and they have, they have a self self-serving interest in saying this <laughs> is Olympians, yeah. the Olympic athletes, because there's, there's more amateur participation at that level to the large global audience, giving rise to your social media platform, actually making you some money. So whether it's been the NCAA pronouncements or it's been Forbes magazine or ESPN or whoever it is, they're all pretty much in the same place as, a, as relates to the benefit to the athlete. Where I have a problem is with agencies. Agents have taken advantage of this going back to 2019 when the NCAA allowed uh, high school, college, or high school um, senior basketball players, men only in, the, in that case in 2019, which they've since changed, to get managers. Yeah, I remember and that. And be guided. And, and so the, some of these rulings are taking care of some hiccups uh, with that 2019 pronouncement. So that's, that's been uh, modified and enhanced. Now, that, they're not going away, though. The managers can still connect with seniors in high school uh, at, at any sports level and guide them into college. The NCAA guidelines say that that manager has to be connected to an agency. In football, that means that the NFLPA is involved. In baseball, MLBPA is involved. However, basketballs and NBA PA hasn't, <laughs> they haven't stepped up to help regulate that. Okay, so let's, let's, let's point it in a different direction and tap into your, your, your specialty. So it, you just said 2% of the athletes make it to the pros. To the NFL. Let's if we're just talking football, right? Now, let's just talk yep, college yep. football, right? Because that's what's happening. Um, you're, and there's already been stories of the 
quarterback at Alabama making seven figures in endorsements, and he's not played a down. And that's okay. You know, you're going to have that. Or you go back last year. If this had been enforced last year, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, those would have been the names at the top of the food chain, and they would have been locking all that up. What about the backup left tackle? His opportunity, clearly he's probably not going to the NFL unless he maybe plays for Alabama. But for the most part, you know, if we're going to talk all however many hundreds of schools there on the NCAA, the backup left tackle at Syracuse, probably not a handful of people can name him outside of his own family and, and maybe people associated with the team. What about those guys? Or, or maybe even the starting left tackle, for that matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you to consider. It doesn't matter if it's starting or third string, or you know, uh, they're not going to garner the attention that the hands people are going right. to are going to garner, or a big, so, hit, or even a, a big hitting linebacker. You know. So in my world, as a mental performance coach, these are potential quagmires yeah. because now the NCAA has opened the door for these young men and women to project an image, right, wrong, or indifferent. They can start doing shenanigans on campus, drawing attention to themselves, pumping up some message on social media to gain and garner attention. Because the definition of an influencer is how many hits do you have? Yeah. You know, how many people are, are looking at you? So you could be a third string guard <laughs> or even second string uh, and start building your image off the field. The NCAA has opened the door for you to be able to do that and, and monetize it. Now, you may never go on beyond college to pro sports. So here's my, here's my chance. Here's my shot to make some money. Okay. And that's, that's a coaching nightmare. So here's a question for you. I'm the head. I'm the QB1 at Alabama. I've got over a million dollars in endorsement money coming in. Can I buy gifts for my offensive line? As long as they're less than $25. <laughs> and you got the approval, and you got the approval of the compliance officer on campus. Those rules are still in place. Oh, okay, but uh, uh, so the quarterback now is considered a booster. Uh, I guess in a loose, loose way of looking at it, yeah. I mean, because what you've done you is you just opened a up a whole new. Oh yeah. And so you know, I'm always, I'm always, one of my irritants is people making rules that they can't enforce. They can't enforce that rule. How are you going to stop that quarterback from sliding anybody on that team a hundred dollar bill? You're not well, ever, you're not ever going to catch them doing it. Yeah, and not to say it hasn't happened already. Not to say it ha well, it probably hasn't happened from a quarterback, from another yeah. player on the team. I and mean, this is a whole new thing. This is not like the guy that owns the car dealership uh, in the, the main drag of wherever your campus is located. This is your star athlete financially majorly financially better off than everybody else on the team passing out $100 bills. You're not going to well, be able to stop and, that. And let's take it, it past the cash. It, it, could be, uh, uh, it could be a pair of uh, Bose headsets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gifts. It could be uh, uh, a moped. Um, and it just magically shows up in a parking spot at your, at your apartment or condo. Now, having said all that, if I'm the NCAA – I probably stay out of that. I, I well, don't. You don't have anything to gain because all you're going to end up doing is 
maybe giving SMU the death penalty again. You're not going to go to Alabama and and start cleaning house. You're not going to go to Clemson and start, you know, enforcing that rule there. You're going to maybe go to Vanderbilt and do it there because, you know, I mean, just to say that you had a rule and you enforced it, I think they stay out of that. I mean, they opened the well, window for it. I mean, they had to know. And remember, the NIL guidelines have been – or not guidelines, but there are laws in states about name, image, and, and um, uh, likeness that are state-driven legislation for athletes. Um, so there are certain states that were already allowing athletes prior to 2019 to get involved in endorsement deals according to state law. Right. Because right. there was no regulation at the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Now in 2019, they start talking about it. And what the NCAA says, okay, we're going to put this out there. And in addition to what we say, and it's tentative, you have to still maintain your reporting to your school that you're following state guidelines for NIL legislation. Okay. Well, that's just one other body. <laughs> <laughs> to be in the mix. Uh, so basically the more confusion, the better off the athlete is. Yeah. So last thing on this, uh, did this all stem out of EA sports and the NCAA football game? The last version that came out was NCAA 2014. It's still in my PlayStation three. I still play it. They've not made a new game since the PlayStation four came out and the PlayStation five is out. Although they only made like six of them. So, Nobody, no, yeah. not that many people have one, but but it got because that was the thing. There were stereotypical computer images and what we're going to call likenesses for every team in the NCAA. I mean, you could go in and 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 go to the number of a player. Like I could go, I I could go into in fifteen. I could go pick out number fifteen on the Arkansas team. It would have been a really tall lanky kid that would have looked just like Ryan Mallett, but it wasn't Ryan Mallett, and his name would have been Obramowitz or something like that. But he had the number, and he had a physical presence like Ryan Mallett did as the quarterback for Arkansas in 2014 or 13 because the game comes out a year before that actually is the year. But you see what I mean? All of this, you think it just all stemmed out of that? That started it because they were making millions – and yeah, they were and, finally forced to stop doing it. Yeah, because um, they were being – the potential for lawsuit on behalf of that athlete's likeness was being uh, thrown out there. Mm -hmm. So that's also the rationale, that incidents and others, as to why the uh, federal government is involved. Because there are, there are laws on state books as well as federal laws about NIL issues, not related to sports, just – uh, it could be, hey, if, if you have a car dealership and you put a poster up in front of your car dealership that was my name, image, and likeness, and I didn't, I didn't know about it, I have recourse. Yeah. yeah. And, and you yeah. gain some economic benefit. So it's not just about sports. So that's why the federal government's gotten involved. So that game, because it has international distribution, causes now the federal government to be – now, supposedly, legislation from the feds will be in place – uh, to then go into effect in 2022 by the end of this year. Oh, joy. More legislation. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Uh, and it's, but it's good for the athlete. The, the thing that's bothering us, bothering me and what you've already brought up, how are they going to manage it? How are they yeah. going to you know, keep track of it? 
All right. He's Coach Lowell Whiteman. You're going to come back for another segment with me, right? Yes, sir. We're going to have a word from our sponsor, KRT Heat. Check it out. Take a listen to this word, and we'll be right back. All right, everyone from athletes to weekend warriors sometimes catch a cramp competing or working out. When you need relief fast, reach out for KRT Cramp Relief Cream. Just rub a little where it hurts, and the KRT's patented technology works quickly to calm the nerves that are causing the cramps. KRT comes in cream and gel and is great for everyone. So go to krtrelief.com and enter promo code SNS20. That's SNS20 to receive a 20% discount off of your first KRT order. That is www.krt.com. All right, welcome back to the Avcare Arness Studios. Sponsored today by KRT Cramp Relief. Again, that's krtrelief.com. SNS20 is a promo code. Get you 20% off. Coach, it's here. NFL, one more preseason game. Can I just say that there is one Nat in Middle Tennessee, and he's right there. And I, I just, like, I'm powerless to do anything about it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm literally like a there's fruit, one there's one like a fruit in problem. the entire state of Tennessee and he's right here so he's a hardy gnat but hardy, he's not gonna hard. he's not gonna shut down the football season so NFL's coming up pretty soon uh, one of the things I heard I heard it on the radio this morning somebody already trying to wants to know if Trevor Lawrence is the goat is goat material he's played in two games and we're already trying to make him – I mean, Patrick Mahomes has got a Super Bowl, and you can't even really have that conversation yet for another 10 years maybe. Well, why, why, what, what possesses the media to just blatantly just hyperbolize like that? I mean, just for – it's not even good content, is it? Well, it's not a matter of the content quality. It's a matter of does it get anybody juiced up to talk? And the more you get people to talk, they get on social media that, that those are those are likes, those are hits, those are, you know, send the message, disagree. You know, it's it. Remember the, the phrase, uh, it doesn't matter what PR I get, any of it's good. Yeah. All <laughs> so they're, press they're is good. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're generating noise in the media. Um, just like uh, I, I, one of the games I'm interested in this weekend um, in the preseason hunt non-conference is the CU Buffs you know, division one powerhouse, uh, or so they think they are, uh, against a state rival, one of many, but the one they're going to play is Northern Colorado. Now, the reason that it has merit to me, not because it's an in-state rivalry, but because the head coach for Northern Colorado is McCaffrey. And his son, he pinched his son, a quarterback from Harbaugh's team at Michigan. And he transferred over to Northern Colorado, thinking that the McCaffrey clan... <laughs> It's going to have an impact uh, in the first season. Now, that being said, as I chuckle, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach is a good friend of mine that I worked with at Colorado State. So the, the prediction right now is that 
the CU buffs are going to roll. They're going to go 48 to six is the prediction. The CU buffs are going to kick, kick their butt. So anything that UNC does above six points is going to be a huge moral victory for them. But do you see what the noise is? McCaffrey, his name, yeah. you know, Denver Broncos, you know, his sons, have, you know, out there on the West or on the East Coast, his son, the running back is, you know, done great, great things. Uh, so it, it's any little bit of noise is going to create uh, attention. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. <laughs> well, and yeah, I want to I want to go through the, uh, the that college football schedule here in just a minute with you. Um, do you like the new NFL 17 game season, three games? preseason and then the bye week before the season starts i wasn't aware i thought they might cut the preseason to three games but i wasn't aware that they were going to cut it to three games but leave four weeks in the preseason and everybody was going to take that last week off is that was that player union driven um yes but not by themselves uh the the pa reps that i know who are who I work with or who happen to be PA reps, um, it, they, they basically just shrug their shoulders when it comes down where money becomes part of the conversation. And there's very few conversations with the NFL at any level that money isn't part of the conversation. Uh, so that fourth week, that bye week um, was, was money driven. I won't get into the details of those discussions, but the, the bottom line of why the PA agreed to it along with NFL owners is it gave the uh, NFL owners a chance to make more money selling merchandise in that off week, promoting whatever happened in the three weeks prior in advance to the season opener. So obviously there's a, there's a small minority of teams that because they did really good in the first three games, like Broncos, for example, they're doing pretty good. They got a pretty good contest this this weekend but they, they've done pretty good so they have a chance to sell more merchandise because of that in that fourth week okay well let me put my marketing hat on had i been in that meeting i would have said or suggested okay well what about this instead of giving everybody the opening week off let's go ahead and start the season this week and then give everybody two bye weeks that buys us a whole nother weekend of tv revenue is the merchandising revenue more than the TV revenue? And you can't really get TV revenue when there's no game. You can get merchandising revenue any day. Give every well, team and, two. But you're still giving her. Everybody's going to have two bye weeks. It's just they're all taking that first one together. Interesting you bring up the TV part because that was one of the key negotiating points. The NFL came into the picture and, and put more money on the table. So if you notice NFL Network, they typically do uh, snippets of games, right? You know, they bounce around from from venue to venue during the season. They have been they have been uh, broadcasting full games in the preseason, so they put more money into the coffers for the owners to participate in. Whereas before, it was they weren't right. So that they they use that as a negotiating chip. So. That, that's another reason why the bye week happened. Again, money driven. The other part of it is that there were um, uh, the scheduling of those games uh, was a bit more convenient, if you will, uh, for teams uh, as to who they played when. Um, so, the, the, and I don't, I don't have all the details committed to memory because when they got into that scheduling crap, I just kind of go, I zone out. Uh, but the bottom line, it was money driven. Yes. Uh, your point would it would be well taken, 
but when the NFL comes into the room and drops a pile of money on the table and says, we will do this and share this much, they pretty much get their way. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. Pay a bill. <laughs> You're listening to Speaking Sports, Razorback Dave and Coach Old Whiteman. We'll be right back. Getting back into the gym is about feeling fit and having fun. The last thing we want is members getting sick while they're trying to get healthier. This new normal means we've stepped up our cleaning protocols. So we're constantly disinfecting surfaces and using hand sanitizer. But a health club is no place for harsh, toxic chemical smells or irritating substances. We were thrilled to discover the Waltz products. With Waltz D, we can disinfect all our equipment throughout the day and never have to worry about leaving behind fumes like bleach and ammonia. It's also non-corrosive. Other disinfectants do a real number on our equipment. And customers can find Waltz free hand sanitizer all around the gym. It lasts four times longer than alcohol-based gels, even during a workout. And it doesn't dry out your skin. We want our members to get fit and stay healthy. Waltz products make sure they do that in a safe environment. We're back. Avcare RNS Studios, sponsored by KRT. And coach, well, before we get off the NFL, I was going to ask you what what the Broncos going to have this year because I'm I'm thinking the Titans are going to be pretty good. I'm kind of excited about seeing what they're, they're looking really good in the preseason, which is you know typically it's, it's the preseason, but they're not really playing their starters and they're still dominated, which means if nothing else, our backups are better than everybody else's. So. Maybe that translates. I don't know. What about the Broncos? What are they going to have? No, this year? I I have to I have to agree with you, and that's a, that's a translatable comment to the Broncos. Their their seconds, their number twos uh, on all aspects of the game, all three aspects, offense, defense, and special teams, have been performing admirably. It's going to be a tough decision set for coaches to uh, get down to that final roster number because the talent is just so deep and so so well played. So the Broncos in the win-loss column have demonstrated that that's the case. Uh, they've done a real good job. They're, like any any National Football League city, there's always those discussions about, there's a quarterback battle. You know, we've got one of them here with Locke uh, and Bridgewater. Uh, both have been playing wonderfully. Uh, but that just brings up the next point about NFL preseason. Three games or not, starters in whenever. Like starters, more stars are going to be playing this weekend for most NFL yeah. teams. Uh, injuries have been quarter, down. Yeah. Yeah, injuries have been down throughout the NFL, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about when you when you consider the fact that COVID created a behavior set in NFL, uh, all professional sports that they they weren't they weren't as serious and in, and diligent in their offseason training. So I'm still got a question in the back of my mind about how well will we sustain an injury free season and roster? How quickly will that injury animal start chomping things up? Uh, the Broncos, because I know. I'm more than casually connected with them. I know that a lot of the key position and skill player positions, they've been working their asses off off season. Mm. Uh, Vaughn Miller, for example, is just beast. He, whether COVID or no COVID, he would be doing whatever it takes. Um, and in, even more so with him, because he's got an injury he's coming off of uh, to get, get, get back with. Uh, the Broncos are going to be uh, a, a force to reckon with, but just like any team, if the injury beast grabs them, uh, it could change the whole whole season. Uh, but off 
offensive line is good. Uh, the, the secondary with the Broncos is way beefed up with some youngsters that have really shown themselves uh, in the preseason. Um, and as you know, I've got more than a casual uh, insight on the Titans as well. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly with the Titans. Uh, my biggest concern for them um, is uh, QB and receiver crew. Uh, whether they stay connected, um, there's there's been a bit of uh, I'd say what I'd what say emotional manage one's emotions. Mm -hmm. uh, why why am I not getting the ball passed to me more often? <laughs> I don't know. You're not open. You didn't I never met ball. a receiver that wasn't open. Yeah, oh, I'm, all, yeah, I'm always exactly. open. I'm always open. <laughs> I know it. And, that, and that's the receiver you say. Do you really know what you're doing? Do you know who the primary was on that route? Why would I throw it to you if you're not the primary? Uh, it's just, yeah. Anyway, well, I think a, they'll, they'll spread it around. They'll get it figured out. You know, they've added Julio Jones with Aaron, uh, Brown, Aaron Brown. Is yeah. it? It's not Aaron yeah, yes. Brown. Is it, is it Aaron Brown? No. Well, you know, we have that Google thing. We can always check. Uh, yeah. Well, my fingers <laughs> are broken right now. Besides that, I'm ready to talk about the NCAA football. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, we'll get look after. it up. Uh, yeah, you know, my short, short term memory is just like calling the crap. It's crazy. Um, but the, by the time this episode we're taping here actually airs, these football games will be over. So if you want to make a prediction, this will be like the first time ever you have to pay the price if you're wrong. Uh, NCAA has given us a little bit of taste this weekend. Um, Saturday night, you Southern Utah is at San Jose State. UTEP is going to be at New Mexico State. Late Saturday afternoon is Hawaii playing in the daytime. That'll be a first. Hawaii at UCLA, that's a 2.30 start. These are all central times. Uh, that one will be on ESPN. And uh, 1 p.m. central time on CBS Sports Network, UConn and Fresno State. And the one that really probably the only one with any umph at all is Nebraska at Illinois. It'll be Brett Bielema's debut at, at Illinois since being the head coach at the University of Arkansas. He spent yeah. a couple of seasons with uh, as a quality control at, at the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick. So he's probably going to bring he's, – he's a Big Ten guy. He's going to have big linemen and try to run the football 80% of the time. Going up against Nebraska, who's been in the headlines this week for uh, some um, less than – Honorable. Honorable practice. That's a good word. I like that <laughs> word. Uh, what do you think? Well, you, when you bring up Nebraska, Illinois, it's also a theme uh, in the Big Ten. They have the most conference games in the opening week of the season uh, for all NF, all uh, NCAA teams. You've got uh, that that game. Uh, I think Rutgers is the only Big Ten team that is not playing an in a Big Ten competitor. Like Ohio State's playing Minnesota uh, on a late game uh, that night. Um, I believe that um, Penn State is playing Wisconsin uh, in the after. No, that's a morning game too. So the Big Ten has really made a, a big push uh, to uh, get their conference started early. So it's that's going to be a conference to watch with that early start. Uh, so if you can come out of the gates with a win there, that that's pretty exciting to see. Um, the Ohio State Minnesota game is also one to watch. Uh, Minnesota, you know that Minnesota coach. He's he's just a crazy guy. He gets his 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 kids rocking and rolling. So if you if you think that your matchups are superior to Minnesota, you better better mark time with the intangible of the uh, emotional set that that coach brings to his his players. Um, the other thing that's interesting to me um, is the the number of games of parity. And here's one of those: the South the South Florida NC State game. Those are 
the, you know, typically you see there's a, there's a gimme game, right? In your first game, it's a non-conference game. You're the big conference playing the not so big conference, which on, on paper, before you even start the game, you've got to win, right? I don't think so. And South Florida, NC State's one of those. Another one is, is Bowling Green, Tennessee. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to win, but Bowling Green has got more than a fair shot at, at uh, making some, some inroads there. Um, another one that people should watch is Web, Weber State. Who knows who Weber State is? Where is Weber State? <laughs> but they're playing Utah, and Utah's got a rep, right? They've done, they've, they've done well in, in the last season and have got a good, good class. But that's a game you got to be kind of thinking, oh, you know, my guys might come up really well prepared. And if you get an attitude that you're too bigger, you're bigger than your britches, you could wind up losing an opening season uh, game uh, in those cases. So those are the things I, I look for. Yeah, and, it, and you know they're going to do it. So that, that little bit of slate of games I gave you for Saturday, and then it's going to kick back up next Wednesday. Heading into Labor Day weekend, There's UAB is going to be at Jacksonville State on Wednesday night. Then there is a huge slate of games, including the Bowling Green Tennessee game you mentioned on Thursday night. On Friday, there's another slate of games. Notre Dame uh, at Virginia Tech is going to be heading that one. Then then Saturday, everybody else is playing. Uh, the big one Saturday next Saturday, which is the Saturday before Labor Day, is going to be number one Alabama against number fourteen Miami. That should be if you're ever going to beat Alabama, you're going to get them catch them in the first game. You don't catch them in the first game, you're not going to get them. And here's my prediction. So I'm, my first prediction is that game, Florida's going to beat them by three. It could happen. It could happen. You heard it here first, folks. And yeah. that is a prediction as you're listening to it right this minute. And then <laughs> and then they're going to be a Sunday game. And then there's also going to be a, a Monday matchup. Louisville is going to be playing Ole Miss on – and I misspoke on that Friday game. It's North Carolina and Virginia Tech because Notre Dame – is playing Florida State on Sunday. So Wednesday, we're going to play Saturday, and we're going to play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Everybody thinks that's a Christmas song. Not true. Not true. It is absolutely uh, here at college football is back song is what that's yeah. for. So I before we know. get out of here, Coach, I want to ask you real quick: Have you paid any attention to the Little League World Series? I, I oh sp- my God! I sprung the Hawaii see- team. Okay, but what about what about the kid from South Dakota? Is Gavin yeah. Weir? He's thrown yeah. four no hitters at the at the Little League World Series, a hundred and seventeen strikeouts and one hit. The kid is a beast, a left-hander. He's throwing 71, which is about a 96, 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Now, what I didn't know, I heard, um, I guess the game last night that I was watching, he he is already in middle school. So, mm-hmm. the way Little League rules work depends on when you turn 12. So, it's possible for there to be physically 13-year-olds at the Little League World Series. He's one of those. He's already in middle school. So, he's been p- pitching from 60 feet for his middle school team and had to readjust the pitch from 46 feet for the little league game. And he's 71 miles an hour. I've not seen 71 at the little league world series that I can remember. I mean, I've, I had some teams that faced 70 consistently 70 and this kid was consistently 71. 
You but know? he throws a three-quarter change in the 60s. Yeah, and so he that, throws, that he's got a little arm plus. slot thing going. He's lefty, yep. too. And he's yep. got a little arm slot thing going, so it looks like it's coming out of the dugout. I mean, he's a he's a beast for a 13-year-old. I, 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 I well, the reason, and the, one of the reasons I brought that up, uh, other than hyping, and by now the Little League World Series is over, he may be a World Series champion. I don't know. But the, what I was going to say, I watched last night they were in a quarterfinal game. And he hit 65 pitches. For those of you who don't know, Little League is on a pitch count. And it, however many pitches you go determines how many days of rest you have to sit before you can pitch again. And he was at, they, were, they, had, they had California shut out. And, you know, California is always a powerhouse at the Little League World Series. They had him shut out. 85 is the max. They, were, they had him shut out in the bottom of the fifth inning with two outs. And, and Gavin Weir hit 65 pitches. Finished the batter at 65. He could have finished that batter at no matter what, and it would have reverted back to 65. That's three days rest. They could have pulled him right there, and he could have been back for a championship game on Sunday. And I have seen that happen so many times at all levels of Little League sports, mm-hmm. all levels. I, I mean, where a guy will come in and pull his pitcher and try to save him for later – and I have always lived by that. Like if you talk about the num- the things that you have to do to be successful at Little League, the first thing on my list it's a nice ring. The first thing on my list, you have to win the game that you are in. And this kid had thrown sixty five pitches. He'd thrown a no hitter, and it was a shutout. It was a no no. It wasn't a perfect game, but it was a no no. Five and a third, five and two thirds, in- or four and two thirds inning. And the coach comes out, and I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And the guy walks out, and he looks that little kid in the eye, and he says, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not taking you out. You're going to finish this. And he pointed at the guy he was going to start on Sunday and said, because I have every confidence that you're going to come in on Sunday and take us to a championship victory. You win this game, we're in the semifinals. Let's go for it. And, and he, he struck the next four batters out, and that was, that was it. And they won, so they'll play a semifinal game. I think tomorrow he would not be eligible for a Sunday game if they were to get rained out. He would be eligible for Monday. Which is very possible. Which is very possible. They've had a couple of rainouts there already. I just thought, I know you've coached some youth baseball, and I know yeah. that one of my philosophies is you have to win the game you are in. You are not promised tomorrow. You just you have to do it. Because if you yeah, don't – and I used to go into every game – with the idea that I was going to burn one pitcher regardless. Well, and my, I'm not too different than you on that philosophy, but it's based on the players. We're not, not there for the game strategy. Coaches have a role in keeping things together to uh, accentuate the talent, put the talent into place to win the contest, but not at your own whim. You got to look at the kids and say, these are the kids that brought me here. We're going to finish this. So I, I'm fully there with you on that. And, and the kids, <laughs> you can just see the body posture change in the coat in the kids when the coach pulls that player. Oh yeah. They go, Oh my God, the coach is pulling our ace. What the hell? And, and you know, and sadly, you know that- California had done just that. I came in late, but they were, they, they kept flashing back to the kid from California that had thrown a pretty good, it was only one to nothing. Yeah. He'd given up one run in five innings. And that was the difference in the ball game, but they pulled him to have him eligible for another game that they might not ever play. I think that 
Weir probably uses KR on his shoulder. That's probably what kept him in at the That might have been. It could have been. <laughs> He's talking about KRT here. I'm going to show it KRT. down here, too. That's right. Hmm? Yeah. Show it up he, there. And he brought there. the heat. Show it over there. He brought the heat. How y'all doing? Weir brought the heat. He brought the heat. Oh, that's a that's an ad. Yeah, there you I go. Should right get, there. I should get the KRT people on the line. We got a great concept yeah. for an ad for you. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, thank you for coming on. Tell us how to get in touch with you, your your website. Your, you got a radio show that happens on Friday. On Fridays, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. This, uh, this Friday, we're going to talk to uh, fa- family nurse practitioner Amy Morin about getting ready for school. What What's different? What's changed? What should I just ignore? <laughs> mask no mask vaccine no vaccine what should i do i think i should just wrap myself in bubble wrap and just crawl to school that's probably the best way to really deal with it but that's a show every every friday 11 a.m we talk about performance issues that help you be the best you can be um i the best way to get hold of me is 360mindset.com 360mindset.com uh, to take a look at all the wonderful things we're doing. For those of you who are really into, into social media platforms, check out Clubhouse and look for Coach Me Up. That's my book that's coming up. We've made it into a social media platform on, on Clubhouse, and we talk about performance issues and the mental capacity that one has to bring to bear to excel at being your best. And how do we follow you on Twitter? I know you got a Twitter account. Yeah, it's just Coach LKW. Yeah, uh, and you've probably been seeing it there on the screen all day, but... I just wanted you to say it out loud one time. Thanks again for joining us. You're welcome. Pleasure. Episode two is in the books. Had a great time. Glad you could join us. Give us a review. Like us on whatever it is that you do that on. Follow us on all the social media platforms you've been seeing throughout the course of the show. YouTube is up. We're good. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at speakinsports at outlook.com. And we'll see about getting you on the show. It's just a common sense look at what's going on in the world of sports, and we'd love to have you. Until next time, it's Razorback Dave, live from the Powered by Avcare RNS Studios. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>